0: This is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Coming up.
1: We're learning every day, but the, the, the repair should take around
0: about five or six days. Mending Solomon Islands damaged cable gets underway. Also,
2: the number of people who have uh, at uh, this time is 5,765.
0: A state of disaster has been declared for Nauru due to an old bomb. And later, surprise, surprise, Bougainville remains unhappy with the PNG government. The chief executive of the Solomon Islands Submarine Cable Company says repair work on the country's domestic cable should be completed next week. The cable was damaged in May by a Taiwanese fishing boat, which had dropped her anchor in a no-go zone near the cable landing in Honiara. Services to Malaita, Western and Chuso provinces were impacted by the breakage at the time and are still being propped by a microwave link and expanded satellite broadband coverage. Koroi Hawkins spoke with cable company CEO Kia Preedy and began by asking about the initial incidents which damaged the internet cable.
1: The cable was damaged on the 10th of May by a um, Taiwanese Persona fishing vessel um, illegally anchoring in the middle of the no-anchoring zone marked by four yellow flashing marker boys. Um, She pulled up the cable and damaged it sufficiently that um, the domestic uh, stopped working. It was very close to the international cable. The two cables are only 50 metres apart under the water at that that distance, which is why we protect them with the no-anchoring zone. Um, And... From what we can see there's been no, there's, there was no service interruption to the international cable but the domestic cable that connects Honiara to uh, our three provincial centres in Auki and Malaita, Noro in the western province and in Taro in Chizul province uh, ceased at that time they stopped. So um, we're, we're part of a, of a thing called the South Pacific Marine Maintenance Agreement which is a consortium of about 30 cable operators and owners throughout the South Pacific region and um, once we'd collected a bit of information, we called out the support vessel to come and do the repair for us. Um, But We've just been waiting in the queue since then, because the vessel um, had to finish a small job, then it had to go to Arpia to pick up the required spare parts, which is, in our case, a a particular kind of uh, replacement cable, uh, double armored, uh, which we keep in the store at Arpia and uh, also some jointing kits so that they can effect the repair. Uh, She had to wait a while in Apia because of other shipping coming in and out, so she didn't leave Apia until the 3rd of July. And um, she then proceeded to complete the repair on the Tongan domestic network, which was um, carried over from the volcano in early 2022. She achieved that and turned around and headed straight for Honiara, and she arrived into Honiara on the morning of the 19th, and she began work straight away. So we're currently in the stage of performing tests and using the remote operated vehicle to go down and check the situation uh, before they commence any um, retrieval and cutting uh, operations. They need to be careful because those two cables are very, very close together, and we don't want to cut the international one by mistake.
3: The service to the three provincial centres uh, mentioned, um, uh, that's, that's yep. been um, supported in some way while the cable's been out of action, has it?
1: By our, by our customers, they have backup means. So the, the, main, the main customer is um, our telecom, the, um, the largest telco in, in Solomon Islands. Our key is close enough that there is a microwave backup, so our key never really experienced a great deal of um, uh, problem. For the Western Province, uh, all of the players out there, and it's about three, three out of the five customers we have, um, had to go and get extra satellite bandwidth from their other providers because they use satellite in areas where the cable doesn't cover anyway. But they had to ramp up satellite capacity and um, and re-engineer the services. So there was a, there was a few days of disruption in the Western Province before they got that back up again. And services they're still they're working, but they're yeah, you know, they're not as good as they would be if the cable was uh, was back on. So they're all very keen to get it back working
3: for sure. And and how um, do you have an estimate on the time on the repair? or Is that all still just being worked out now?
1: No, no, we've got an estimate about it. I mean, we're learning every day, but yet the the repair should take around about five or six days from the boat arriving. So we expect to have it done by the twenty fifth, twenty
3: sixth. Cost wise, how much has this set you back? Is it is it much of a, a problem or just part of routine? operations no
1: no it's it's a big problem it's, um, you know it's between ourselves and uh, the impact to our customers you know it's 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 several million u s and so I can't be specific about that because we are obviously taking action against the vessel owners in, in that respect
3: right and can you say anything about the understand the vessels still impounded in uh, Point Cruz?
1: That's correct. It's actually, yes, she's anchored off of uh, Rave right now, which is the west of Point Cruise. Um, we we took legal action against the vessel owners, and under the maritime law, the vessel was arrested, so it can't leave.
3: And that's just before the uh, courts, is it? Do you have any timelines on that?
1: Uh, no, no, we're they're still working out... Um, some finer points of the representation on that. So we don't have a definite time, but it, we could get an early hearing from it if we needed to. Um, so, you know, obviously we keep up a degree of dialogue with the vessel owners as well through their, uh, through their lawyers and, uh, you know, potentially, uh, we providing providing we, we get the right amount of recompense, we don't mind whether it's uh, you know, an out-court settlement or we have to use the court to do it. <laughs>
0: Almost half of the population of Nauru has been evacuated, while the Australia Defence Force relocated an unexploded ordnance. The Nauru government says the disarming process is very dangerous. Nauru Police Commissioner Evan Mute spoke with Lydia Lewis.
2: As of this morning, at 700 hours in the morning, the operation of the surrender safety was commenced to evacuate our people from where the UXO was located.
4: How many people were evacuated?
2: Uh, the number of people evacuated at this time is uh, 5,765. 5,765. That's nearly half of the population.
4: Where have they been evacuated to and how are they being fed and provided for?
2: Arrangements were provided by the community. For the community, there are, there are areas that we already identified at the schools and at churches that we can place our people who need some shelter during this operation.
4: Following the extraction, can you explain where the bomb has been relocated to and has it been detonated?
2: Thank you. Uh, The bomb was uh, conveyed to a proper place on the top site where it is safe from the public.
4: Has it been detonated or when do you plan on detonating it?
2: That will depend on the expert people, the ADF, to determine when is the best time for them to do that, do that job.
4: When can the residents go back to their accommodation, their homes?
2: At this time, all members of our community have been uh, advised they can return back to normal, to their residents.
4: When will this bomb be detonated, or are there still discussions underway as to when and how that will be done?
2: So yes, at this standing point, uh, discussions are going on with the AD, ADF for them to determine when is the best time to continue the work on the UXO.
4: Can you just describe the UXO? How large is it? What is the size? Um, can you tell me a little bit more of the make or the history behind this?
2: Thank you. Uh, the UXO is a five hundred pounder US aircraft bomb. This uh, UXO was suspected to be from the World War Two.
0: Bougainville remains unhappy with the Papua New Guinea government and may seek to bring in a moderator to overcome their concerns. This follows the PNG Minister of Bougainville Affairs, Manase Makiba, announcing that the national government would require an absolute majority, two-thirds of MPs, for the acceptance of the Bougainville referendum on independence. The Bougainville Minister of Independence Implementation, Ezekiel Masat says this is nonsense. He says it has hamstrung officials from both sides. At the Joint Consultative Body, or JSB, meeting of the two governments has had to be delayed from this week to the end of the month. Attempts by RNZ Pacific to reach Mr Makiba have not been successful so far, but Mr Massat told Don Wiseman about his concerns.
5: There are two reasons. The main one was the inability of the technical officials on the national government side to uh, meaningfully engage. That has since been rectified. The teams met yesterday and they will likely meet over the next couple of days so that the uh, leaders have something to discuss on the 31st. The 31st will be the leaders'
6: meeting. Yes, when you say that they were having problems... Engaging, you mean they couldn't get together because of logistics or they were <laughs> refusing to talk to each other? What what was going on?
5: We are of the impression that the national government technical team are having problems with their own chain of command. Consequently what has transpired over the last couple of technical or attempted technical meetings was the inability of uh, people sitting in the room not being able to take up any positions because people higher up in the chain have made some positions. Now, having said that, it has become obvious through some correspondences from the national government side, that they don't intend to move away from the positions that has been announced by the uh, Minister Makiba in terms of the majority vote in the sessional order. Now, if that is the position at the technical level, because they are now saying, uh, we will refer the matter to the leaders. Now, the Bougainville side is only engaging at the leaders' level, hoping that there's ability to come to a compromise and revert the majority vote back to a simple majority if the national government leaders do not intend to move then the two parties in dispute and therefore we on our side the Bowenville team is looking at a uh, recommendation for a moderator to become involved
6: the national government of course is saying that there has to be an absolute majority two-thirds of the MPs because it's a change to the constitution and that makes sense doesn't it
5: No, it doesn't. This is merely a motion for a parliament, for the national parliament, to ratify the referendum result. Now, if if it's passed on a simple majority the real work on the constitutional amendment still applies and that amendment will require by law and by the standing orders will, will require a two-thirds majority we can't see the logic in many other ratification if not all the ratification of treaties being passed on a simple majority and yet on the Bougainville issue it is uh, bumped up to a two-thirds absolute majority uh, it is merely a sessional order and once that is uh, any constitutional amendment, subsequent constitutional amendment, will therefore need a two-thirds absolute majority. So uh, we think they're putting up very high standard merely to avoid getting to the stage of the need for a constitutional amendment.
6: So a moderator, so you mean a mediator uh, effectively coming in?
5: The terminology that's being used in the peace agreement is a moderator.
6: What would that person... I mean, how much authority has that person got? What could they do? How could they, they direct either party?
5: To find a compromise between the two parties. And I think the two parties need to, first of all, agree on the perimeter's boundaries for which the uh, moderator can operate and hopefully uh, make some decisions or some uh, guidance, provide some guidance to the two sides in terms of finding a compromise.
6: So you've been speaking with uh, Mr. Makiba, and how are you getting on you guys are you at loggerheads, or
5: listen on a uh, on a personal level? We have a very good uh, relationship. I uh, had a lengthy uh, session with him uh, yesterday, and despite our issues at hand, we have a very good working relationship. And after we finished, we uh, made the recommendations to both the prime minister and the president. And subsequently, the decision has now been taken for the JSB to be deferred to the thirty-first of this month. So I, uh, it's it's a minor delay. I, I think we're still optimistic about having the JSB uh, convened. It is only at the uh, JSB where we can really find out whether we are in dispute or not.
0: That's Pacific Ways for today. Don't forget you can listen back on RNZI.com/slash-programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the team here at RNZ Pacific, Tufasi Four.